It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's up? Welcome in. It is episode number 100% of Jobbing Out. Anybody, anybody want a shot at that? 100% is the number. Episode 100%. 100% people already pissed at their baseball teams. Oh, Aaron's, and we're doing the show right after Aaron got word that Juan Soto has the Kobe. And so he's he's struggling. We're watching him go through the range of emotions at the moment. He has um, the what? The Kobe. He's got the Kobe. The kids. Oh, the Kobe. That's the kids. Is, is, is it like, like when Scrubs called HIV the Hivy? I. It is similar to that. Very much so. Uh, Brandon, you want to venture a guess? Um... A hundred percent of Extreme Rules sucked. Oh, that's not true. It's not it's far not, from the I, truth. I was trying to think of what you were going to say. All right, say so um, what if I told you it's that if I put it in these, if in the last uh, year uh, there's a particular wrestler who has had 100% more blanks than blanks. Cody? It's not Cody, no. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> 100%. This is more up Aaron's. Oh, 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 it's Shelton Benjamin increased his wins in Raw over the past like 12 years. That might that might be true. 100%. That might be true. It's 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 not the one. But this is more up your alley, Aaron. This is something that you would complain about. I don't know. It fits, I don't this it one. fits your brand. My it's that brand. it's that with his upcoming title shot Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler will have had 100% more title chances this year than singles wins on television. There we go. That is very true. Wow. One singles. And, and name that one win. Can you guys name it? Uh, I, I actually saw it, and that's why I thought of this. Um, the one singles win for Dolph Ziggler on TV was... Oh. He beat. Was it on SmackDown? Oh, he yeah. didn't beat. No, I. Yeah, I do know who it was. Brandon, do you know? You say it. It's. It's not Otis. It was Tucker. He beat Tucker. Yep. On SmackDown. <laughs> well, clearly, if you beat Tucker, you get a title. That's match. the way it works. He beat Tucker, and so in the last twelve months, he's had one singles victory on TV, and now we'll have two title chances. Wait, also, was he the one that? Is he just on Raw, or they tried to say that he got traded for someone? No, he was he was traded to Raw because it was it was, it was, a, it was a, yeah it was AJ Styles for Ziggler and Robert and Roode. Robert Roode, that's oh, right. That's right, one hundred percent right. <laughs> Robert Roode's done a lot on Raw since that trade. Oh my God, he might get a title chance next. <laughs> I I half thought that that's what was going to happen. All right, all right. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton with you uh, coming up on the program this week. Um, I, I can tell you, we actually already recorded the conversation. Um, Chris Bay is the new X Division champ uh, for Impact Wrestling. Slammiversary was Saturday night. Aaron will tell us more about it in a little bit. Um, he beat Willie Mack for the X Division title. 
his story is good. When you hear him tell his story, it's unbelievable. Um, it's a really great conversation. And he's a Northern Virginia guy. He, uh, I don't know if a lot of people from around this area know, he was from Alexandria, uh, moved out to Vegas, and just literally, like, he got a, he was part of, or he did, like, he had a, a he dipped his toes with, with uh, WWE for a minute, didn't he, Aaron? Didn't yeah, he? I think he had a. I don't know if he dipped his toes, but he had a uh, a match. He was he was a jobber on a two hundred five live. live. Match. Okay, All I right. was actually at that one. As it turns out, I had to go back and think about that because I was out in Vegas when I was out. Oh, there. that's pretty interesting. How about that? Yeah. So yeah, so he's a Vegas guy now, but he's originally a Northern Virginia guy, and he's the new X division champion. We'll talk to Chris Bay later on in the program. Um, as far as Extreme Rules is concerned, we have to address. I, I don't know what we do about the wager that we made. I have no idea how we handle it. Because Nobody won. How do you in, figure? In the past, we've rolled it over when it's everybody like this. But how did... Wait a second. Did we all tie? Yes. How are you doing because that the, math? Because the only difference was the match that we picked differently. Right. At the end, and you don't get credit for that's, that bullshit. That's, that, that, nope, we're fighting that. Fuck you. We're not. You can't. It is WWE listed. said the match didn't happen. The it match is happen. listed as a victory. It is no. listed oh, yeah. as a victory. Hang on a second. Where? Where Hang is on it a listed? second. I'm on Wikipedia it, it is, but not on WWE.com. What did they say on WWE.com? Uh, WWE.com, they said the match didn't happen. MVP claimed the title, but he's not the champion because Fuck it that. wasn't a match. Fuck that. On Wikipedia, it says <laughs> it happened. Fuck that. I'm out. Wikipedia lies. No, you can roll. y'all can roll over the bed all you want. I'm out. I win. I no, you fucking win. You don't win. I never voted for this bet it, to begin with, so say, you get first, outvoted on this. No, no, no. Okay, here's here's my question. So you believe MVP is the rightful champion? Right? Well, who's wearing Not the rightful? He is the WWE United States who's, champion. Who's wearing the belt, Chief? Who's wearing the belt exactly? So he is. Who's wearing the belt? On WWE. Who's wearing the belt? Who's the champion right now? Who's wearing the belt? That's the, who's who's the Raw Women's Champion? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, that's also a fair question. That's also a reasonable. <laughs> wait, did and and whose match was that? If, here's the thing. Wait, wait. If, who changed their? If if who, Cruz had lost by forfeit, that MVP is the rightful champion. Well, he, but he didn't he's lose got, by forfeit. He's got the belt. He won by forfeit. He. I don't know if you heard he it. Did he not. said it. He said that. He said he <laughs> won by forfeit. He's the yeah, fucking he winner. Say that. You know. And then Bailey put a referee shirt on and said that she was the referee. Well, hang on a second. Who? What were your matches that you chose the opposite way? None of ours went the other way. What? what no. What, what were they? Is the question. My, my, mine was the uh, Sasha. No, it wasn't. Or no, it was, it was Bailey. Bailey. I'm sorry, Brennan. You're so stupid. You're so stupid. If you give me mine, I give you yours, and Aaron loses. No, <laughs> this is so dumb. He couldn't because he did Bailey and Nikki. Oh, wait, Bailey yeah. and Nikki. Oh, damn it. All right. Yeah. Well, fuck that. <laughs> Uh, there was no match. Oh, Aaron. Aaron, you could make the argument that actually Seth Rollins lost by disqualification since they never announced anyone as the winner. So you it can just true. decide whoever <laughs> whoever you want to win that match won that match too. Yeah, and we yep. can make Brandon eat this shit. Come on, dude. What are we hey, doing? Wait a he didn't, never he mind. Didn't, he didn't reach in and pull out the eyeball. They said you had to extract the eyeball. Never actually happened. Well, I, I, I very clearly <laughs> hear, heard the words "it's out." So it's I, out, but it wasn't extracted. It just kind of popped out randomly. Well, that's ex- I think technically that does count as extracted if you get it out of the socket. I do think the hey, pe- re- remember it can't accidentally happen. You have to. Yeah, it's Jesus. like a table match. You can't <laughs> just go through. You this have to is, be pushed this through. is bullshit. 
Y'all can eat this fucking shit. I'm I won. I you won. Win. MVP no. Not win. is the no champion. Net. He has the belt. The he won by forfeit. Like, we need to discuss this. No, he won by forfeit. He's the champion. And match. Wikipedia no, says I mean, so. I mean, because yeah. I knew Glenn was going to try to of say Of course he did. And he has no leg to stand no, on. No, I have a complete leg to stand on. It says it right here on the Horror Show at Extreme Rules Wikipedia page. It so says Wikipedia very clearly. Well. I could go put stuff on anyone's Wikipedia page right now. I could probably change it on wikipedia if just, i wanted just, to just stop. They, they, <laughs> they they pulled the match they pulled the match it did say it on there though oh they pulled it they pulled yes. it i'm fucked damn it i was gonna <laughs> never i was gonna i should have screen capped it when it said that god damn it you guys this is bullshit um all right well we'll think about that so here's the deal um look it was a weird ass show it was just bizarre and it's it's not even like somebody would say that's that can be a good thing. And I'm not going to tell you that it, it was a bad thing as I don't think it was. I they like I'm not as I'm not as down as a lot of people are on it. Do I think it was good? No. I don't think it was eh, maybe that's unfair. I think that it was so fucked that it really it really stepped on over all over what what was good about it. And that's a shame. Yes, because I don't think I I don't think it was quite as bad as everybody wanted to make it out to be. I think that instead, we're we're overreacting to how insane some of it was, and I I don't here's know that thing. here's here's what I want to say. Yeah, and I know what Aaron's gonna say because he already said it to me, but I uh, but it does. It's a fair point to make that we all get influenced by the finish of things like it, like you could watch like an hour long match and if it's an amazing match but the finish is bad the whole thing is bad and you can also say that sometimes about the main event of a show where, where we'll get into it i don't think that i actually like the main event of this show but it was but it was weird it was no, so it I, was fine it was but, but if you don't like stuff like that and that was the last because a lot of people don't and that was the last thing that you saw a lot of times it doesn't matter how good what the rest of it you saw was and then i'll add to that individual matches are the same way if you see a 45 minute classic match but it ends like the bailey match did you're not going to remember anything good about it and i think that there was a lot of good work that was spoiled by bad finishes and then like a real weird i mean i almost feel like that Swamp match should have been in the middle of the show or something, you know. I mean, although there's problematic, you know, it's it messes with the flow of the of the show. How, how do you but, follow that type well, situation? Right, right, right. I mean, <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying, like, I can see why, like, people that are not open minded about cinematic matches, which apparently is a lot more people than I originally thought, because I have talked to several people over the course of the past month who never liked any of them including the good ones like the Boneyard match. And um, so, you know, th those are a lot of the people that are bitching on the internet are that close-minded. where They're not even going to watch it and try to make it good. They're just going to say it sucks because of what it is. I, I don't know how many of them... I don't know how many of them there are. I feel like there's a purposeful... There's a useful idiot thing that happens sometimes, which is the same people that would try to pretend to you that they loved everything that Matt Hardy did would then turn around and complain about something some, simply because yes. WWE did it. So I, I, I think there's a middle ground. It, it is stupid 
like if if you just don't like cinematic matches, you're a dumb person. I can't help yeah. you. You know, seek help, do whatever you want to do with your life. I I can't. I agree. I can't. But there is still something to be said for there should be purpose for each match. And the only purpose of this was really to drag it out further and reintroduce the fiend. And like you can say, hey, that needed to happen, but there's a million well, let, ways. Let, to let's let's wait for SmackDown to be sure about that because I'm not so sure this isn't going to turn Braun heel somehow. Um, uh, man, I, I don't see that right now. But I, I think well, but, but beyond remember, beyond the but, purpose. But, hold on, but remember, that's happened with every other person. After they they're done dealing with the person, it could, if you mean like a heel turn after he loses the title, that's very possible. Or that's why he loses the title because of some way that he was changed. I won't say heel, but like people, everybody who's been in contact with the fiend has changed in some way. For Daniel yeah. Bryan, he turned face, right? For everybody else, they for turned... Seth Rollins, he turned for Finn, yes. Yes. So there's, briefly turned I, face. I will hold whatever. judgment on that part of this conversation until we see what they follow that up with on SmackDown. But do you think that in any world it's not just going to be Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman again at SummerSlam? I, I, I don't know because we have a briefcase. We've got Bray Wyatt in general is a complete wild card with however they deal with it. I I, I don't. I'm not 100 percent convinced. It's just that. It, of course, it could just be that. I, I, I'm. I pre- if it's, I, I'd say it's almost worse if it's not just because at least this accomplished the goal of getting you fiend versus Braun. And and but beyond that, going back to what Glenn said about having a purpose, I think one thing this match lacked that was different from let's say the Boneyard match. The match itself didn't have a purpose. We like there's no finish. There's no way to know. They're they're just fighting. Fight, you know, it was fighting conversation, fighting conversation. I feel like what they need to be careful with these cinematic matches is that there are still matches. Like we need to have some sort of idea of what they're trying to do here, whether it's lay a guy out forever, whether it's something. Uh, that's a you know just like, and I, I thought they did it much better in the Firefly Funhouse funhouse match but again that didn't really have a finish that didn't really have a purpose that was kind of weird and well trippy, but but just it like was, this. but it was also the end and and that's the thing right. that i would say is like you you can if this is just an a way of entertaining us and then that's the end of it because we know we're moving on like john cena is not going to be around next week that's fine this felt more doing it for the sake of doing it and that was the issue that I had. I was always going to have an issue with it the moment that I realized they were having Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman do anything that didn't involve the title. That, that made no sense whatsoever. Now, the answer back is, well, how would you put the title at stake if you weren't really going to have a finish to the match? If, there was like, no ref there. Right. Like the, so you're, you're painting yourself into a corner both ways. And, and they called it a fight, not a match. That, that's fine. They called it a, well, a But then why is that main event in your pay-per-view correct. if it's not a match? And again, you can answer your own question because how do you come back and do anything more in your pay-per-view after you did that? Like, you, we can keep doing this for forever, but you have to really think about whether or not you should be doing it a certain way or whether you should be calling it a swamp fight or just making it a swamp match. Like, all these things have to be things you consider in the process. This one, to me, just didn't accomplish enough to really justify it. Now, Brandon, to your point, if this is them trying to do something to tell the story with, with um, Braun Strowman, I guess there's something to be said for it. And the the only tangible thing you can say right now is it reintroduced the fiend. Well, the, we never really had a reason why the fiend had to go away. Like there there was never like there had to be something that had to happen in order for us to get the fiend back. That's part of the problem that we've had with the fiend character is it's almost been kind of bizarre as to when we do or don't see the fiend. So we was was 
was the John Cena thing the last time we saw him? Yes. I, I think it was. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm trying to remember if there was... Because he just he wrestled Braun right off the bat as the as the as... the sweater wearing Bray Wyatt. Right. We now have the cult leader. You know he went away for a while while Miz and Morrison played with Braun. Then it was cult leader Bray Wyatt, and now it's the Fiend. Um, to my to to go back to my point though, we haven't suggested that Bray can only be the Fiend if he goes back to the swamp. Like we've done nothing that that explains when, why, where. Bray can be the fiend. So you you can't really even say, well, we had to go do this thing in order to make Bray the fiend again. Like, did you? Or could he have just been the fiend again? And I'm not... I mean, if you're in kayfabe, I think the argument is just that Bray's fucking with Braun Strowman and he lured him out there so the fiend could attack him. But or, I mean, there there is a logical story in play here where he didn't want to destroy Braun at first. His goal was to lure Braun back to oh, be right. part of yeah, his thing. Right. So you, you can say, it, but you have to tell this story. I'm telling this story now. It shouldn't be on me to tell right. this story. They right. need to tell the story that they gave Braun a chance. He didn't take that chance. So now they ha- the Fiend has to destroy well, Also, keep in mind, there's not really a they. It's just him at this point. <laughs> like, there is there is no Wyatt family at the moment. Um, I, yeah, Harper and Rowan were clearly there. They were just wearing masks. Yeah, exactly. I, I was right. talking about the puppets, by the way. Oh, the puppets. Okay, all right, that's fair. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it, I think part of the problem is that I'm just done with Braun and Bray. Like, there's, yes. it's an, it's yep. a, it's a no win. Like, there's not, there's nothing about this that makes it work. You're, you're trying to make up for things that happened in the past and. It it there's there's no there's nothing you can do at this point. Um, the only thing that I would say is is be on with it. And so dragging it out longer doesn't allow us to be on with it, and that makes it a problem for me and leaves you with that sort of taste of I I didn't need this. I just didn't. I didn't need this. It was fine for what it was. It, it was it wasn't bad. It was fine. It was an interesting story that was told, and you know it was compelling. But um, I, I didn't walk away from it feeling like. Cool, I'm excited for Braun and Bray again at SummerSlam. I'm not. I'm I'm done with Braun and Bray. I want one of these guys to move forward in some sort of way to doing something else. And I want some sort of new life interjected into this. And so that did. That that impacted the way that I felt about it as a whole. Would this have been more acceptable if it were on SmackDown? Like if if we're saying it's a moment in the story. Would this have been a more acceptable segment? It felt more like a, a, as you said, it it felt more like a segment. So if you think that, you know, I think there is a reasonable expectation that pay-per-view should be matches. You can have segments, but segments shouldn't be a dominating factor on a pay-per-view. And that because of that, it does fit more on SmackDown. I think you could make that argument. Well, and and there's the... And then you could have put like Riddle and AJ on um, on, on the pay-per-view or... Jeff Hardy and Sheamus, well, that's a whole other thing, but at least it's a match with, with a story that they're telling whether you like it or not. Well, and, and again, it's compounded by the multiple other problems that you have, which is the, you know, just complete what-the-fuck nature of the Seth and Ray thing. It's, it's <laughs> losing a match. It's having a match with, uh, you know, a wild false finish. Like, it's it's that on top of everything else, which is a shame because, as everybody's pointed out, other than the bizarre eye thing, Seth and Ray had a great match. Like, yeah, that was a really good match that just gets completely tossed aside because the whole thing was so fucking bizarre 
that you can't even think to remember the fact that they had a good match. Which, which to me makes it even more frustrating because if you have two whatever wrestlers and you put them in a weird gimmick, then it's just weird and it's memorable because it's weird. When you put Seth and Ray, who were without that gimmick, if that was an Extreme Rules match, that could have been a match of the year candidate. That could have been match of the year. But we lose that because it was such a stupid, ridiculous gimmick. Uh, correct. I mean, I'm not. I can't argue with you. It's that's 100 percent correct. And look, we have and, the album. And 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 as I told, um, as I told Aaron, though, it was also the most one of the most logical things that happened on the show, which goes to, you know, if you take all the tent pole matches, which were, you know, the the women's match, the thing, you know, whatever the brawn thing, and that at least that was logical. It doesn't make it good, but it was a logical story they told, um, and and the match was good, and the match the whole time following the logic of like going for the. Uh, I mean, it's like that you know if you take away the fact that they're actually extracting the guy's freaking eye, which is a whole caboodle of problems. Like how they told that story was actually pretty great until you had to deal with what was going to happen at the end. Right. If, does that make any sense? No, like, no, you're like, right. I don't like the idea, but they they did it as well as they could till the part that you could yeah. not do in any way good. Well, and that's part of the problem with like doing that to begin with. <laughs> like you right. can't get like, around you, you, that. You don't. You don't get credit for doing right. something terrible well. Right. Like, like it, it, it doesn't. Don't do it. Fact. Fact. A hundred percent fact. Yeah. And well, I was just. I was just thinking the whole match though. Like. You know, it was like, well, okay, like, because they, they, it's such a simple pro wrestling thing. Like, you know, like the Timothy, Timothy Thatcher match where they're going after their arm the whole time. And, or, or what was the other, the Moxley match? Like, like, it's like, that's such a simple pro wrestling thing that WWE has sort of strayed away from. And then it, it was like interesting to see them do it very well. But in the context of something awful. Yes. Fact. <laughs> I, I, I and, had. And here's the question. Why didn't they pre-tape that match? Why was that match live? Like, yeah, in order to be able to do something CGI and silly and like, yeah, do right, something that where you can at least have you could do it multiple takes if it doesn't look good on the first take. Yeah, I mean, like, like I, while, while you're right, that wasn't that wasn't going to solve that problem. It just it, wasn't. It was going to make it slightly. It could maybe, make it slightly better. It, like it's one of those things that it's so obvious. Why didn't they do it? I don't know. I mean, dude, it's the whole. Th- why did they do it to begin with, Aaron? Like, you, yes, that you're, too. But you're, once you're, you're doing it, try to do it well. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. We just we. You're ju- adding more hand I did, I, Hang on, you were you were literally just the person that said you don't get credit for doing something terrible well. So I mean, you kind of can't have it both ways here. Fair, fair. Um, what I would say is, um, there is a question that was asked to me by a listener named Steve, and it's a fair question. And I don't know if he came up with it on his own or he heard it on some other podcast or something like that. The question being, does any of this become so, and specifically this, does it become so bizarre that we still remember it 10 years from now? And if that's the case, does it actually make it good? Because the truth is we tend to remember the bizarre and be impacted by the bizarre as much as we are by the classically great. And it's a fair, reasonable question to ask. I think that's a great question considering 
we talk about with how much wrestling we watch every week and particularly in this era where it's really hard for them to make memorable um, moments with no crowd. I think it's a really good question. I mean, I'll never forget it. I, I can tell you that. I, I will never forget that. I'll say this. I think that if we're talking specifically about Ray Seth here, and I think that if we're referencing this years from now, it's we're referencing the ridiculousness of the eye for the eye match. I think that it could have been a match that that's so memorable because of who was in it, because of the match that was put on, that we would we would have been talking about it years to come because of it, it was a match of the year. It was one of the be, you know best matches of the decade type situation. So for that, in in some cases, I would say yes, there is a case to be made that if it's not going to be a memorable match, do something ridiculous. But in this case, I think they had a memorable match and they just made it memorable for different reasons. Um, but, but but I wonder but I wonder if it is because like I, I, like I say like there I think we're in an age you know that despite what a lot of what we're talking about in the big picture we've talked about the golden age of wrestling how there's all these great talents that put on great matches are capable of putting on a great match every single week um, I, I don't know how to how do you rise above you know a really good Seth Rollins Ray Mysterio I'm, and I'm not saying you should. You know, like I, I think it's a couple different things going on. Sh- you know, should we be going out of the way, out of the way to make something so crazy just so people can remember it, or is this just the time we're in where like we're spoiled by really good matches and we're probably not going to remember most of them unless there's some kind of consequential ending to them, like Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. You know, I, there's probably a hundred Daniel Bryan awesome matches that none of us can remember right now, sure. but we'll never forget that one. But I think there are matches that we do remember just for, you know, the the triple threat match uh, between Rollins, Cena, and Brock Lesnar. That was just a straight match. There was nothing overly, but you know, fairness, we, consequential we, about it. But, but we, we talk about it years later because how we, good it was. But also, but, but, however, if Brock Lesnar was yeah. fighting every single week, you wouldn't remember that. Well, and I, I do think that's in part. We, we in part remember it being a great match because we don't remember Brock Lesnar putting on good matches. And okay, so when he John on, Cena, or Kevin Owens, like there are there are matches that we remember because that, that of was how a significant good. moment because Kevin Owens wasn't a main roster. No, this was, but I mean, later on, like their third match is probably considered the best. But it was still all in the same time frame. Yes, it was. But I think there are matches that we we just, we do, we do remember matches for being good. We're stumbling upon something important here, which is that I'm pointing out there are other reasons why you remember all these matches that aren't that the match was good. I think there are matches that we just remember for being awesome. Like, I can point out, and I, I don't know if you're talking about specifically in this era, but, like, I can say, well, you know, Benoit and Jericho and Eddie and Angle all wrestled really amazing matches, but we remember some specific matches between them. We remember the but tag matches. most between... of them very consequential moments and not just that they not were necessarily... really good matches? No, not... we remember the... Um... You know, Jericho and Benoit versus uh, Los Guerreros. We remember, obviously, the, the ladder match. And you can say, well, ladder matches makes it consequential. But that was just for the Intercontinental title. It wasn't something that propelled anybody. But was it at WrestleMania? Uh, that one? Uh, I don't remember exactly where that one was. There, I, you know, they had so many matches. But the, the ladder where Jericho had Benoit on top of the ladder, you know, in, in the, uh, the walls there. Like, yeah. like, there are matches we just remember for being awesome. There are those matches, but so. do how do we rem- how do we remember 
that versus the truly bizarre. I, I, I don't know that there's an argument that we definitely remember great matches more than we remember theater of the absurd, right? Like, I, and I'm not trying to make this. I, the other thing I want to say is I'm not trying to suggest that theater of the absurd is always good, right? Like, no. we of course remember the bugs. Like, we all remember that, and none of us think anything of it, despite the fact that we remember it. Yet, Do you know what I can't remember? Was that the same match that they started out in the cinematic and ended up in the ring? Or was no, that that, that was that match? was a month that was a month later. Yeah, and that was a mostly cinematic matic match when they did it. Um, yeah. No, this was the WrestleMania match. This, this was, was the WrestleMania match where they just projected, and it right. Was just, I just couldn't. It was all. It was overall match began that way or not. I, I couldn't yeah. remember. No, no, no. That was just a regular match until they yeah, started no, that, yeah. things. Uh, it was terrible. But my point being, like, some things that are bizarre, we remember almost fondly for how bizarre yeah. they are. But usually in those cases, we remember it because it's something inconsequential. You know, it's something like Mark Hen, you know, May Young giving birth right, to, to a, a hand, hand type yeah. thing. It's something I'll low level that is, that is elevated. It's not something that main event picture we well, I, I, remember. Let me give you an example of something I remember because it was bizarre. And in my heart of hearts, this was awesome. But when I went back and watched it, it definitely wasn't was um, I think it was in like 1994 or something like the Undertaker. They like killed the Undertaker. I think he was fighting Yokozuna. And they, yeah, and then the 12 guys the ran out and, and the soul he, came and up. Yeah. It blew up and he came out of the Titan Tron. Um, like, like that's one yeah. of those things that I and probably because of how old I was, too, when I was watching it. Sure. Like. That is one of the things that I remember immediately, like when I'm thinking of like weird stuff that ha or like laughing about or like, for instance, um, in WCW, when Hogan threw the giant off the building, like that's sure. another one that I always remember. So let me like, let me phrase absurd. Let me phrase this a different way. In a time where you're fighting for attention and yeah. you're desperate for people to give a shit about something. Is is good wrestling match more valuable than bizarre insane thing that people might talk about on the internet i'm gonna get killed for this but i'm gonna tell you that good wrestling match is the least of, of the things that matter right now because I... there's plenty of them and i don't think that that i think it depends who it is there's a lot of other factors good wrestling matches don't that's not why people watch the show I will agree with you there is that you can get good wrestling everywhere. You can get good yeah. wrestling online. You can get good wrestling in Japan. You can get good wrestling in the independence. You can get good wrestling everywhere. The thing that, you know, is, is characters, promos, storylines. Yes. But yes. I don't know if bad is better than... Well, right. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's where... If, if this was just weird, something to talk about, but not object but, but objectively hang, bad, hang, I'd hang, be more informed. But I think this was like, objectively like bad. Like if we were talking in the realm of boneyard match, right? Which was like, but, but that was all agree. Like, yeah, amazing. I, that was incredible. But I, I don't. I, boy, I'm really struggling with this, Aaron. I, I not agree. I don't think this was good. I don't. Objectively, I don't think this was was good. But yet, in a weird which, way, wait, I, which thing are we talking about? The, the I'm, eye. I'm talking specifically about yeah. the eye. For the I'm, eye. I'm, yeah, I don't okay. think it, objectively that it was good. But I, I don't know if. Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio just have a, a really good match. There'd be a handful of us that'd be like, wow, that was a great match, right? But would would anybody outside of that give a shit? 
would anybody, you know, and if your answer is the people that are seeing this, that see that it's bizarre, aren't going to tune in, it's not going to get them anything, I'll listen to that argument. Yeah, I mean, but you know obviously... What? Raw did not in- increase ratings really. Like the for a go for a night after a pay per view, it was not. Well, and to be fair, I wouldn't expect this to suddenly give you a bump in ratings, right? Like no, I'm not trying to right. say that. But I, I don't know. I don't know if it gave you the right convert. Like it, I don't know what was gained from it. Like the conversation was, oh my god, what did WWE do here? Not, oh my god, what did they do here? I want to watch. Well, but isn't that a whole other thing that they care about, which is just like the online chat? Right, right. The 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 that's Q, a whole the, separate thing. Like essentially, your Q rating that sometimes is like ratings are important, and it's a thing. It's not the only thing, and it's not connected to the other things. You know, it is a separate metric. In the, in this day and age, the online stuff is a completely separate metric for completely separate reasons that ultimately contribute to the overall goal. But like. You, they could do things specifically now for online uh, clicks, chat, or whatever that is completely disconnected from whether that's going to drive viewers to the television show or not. I don't know if they should be. I can tell you they are for sure doing that. And, um, and they care a lot more about that social media stuff than anyone even realizes. Like, I, like if you think they care a lot, they care 10 times more than you think they care. Um. I, no, I know that's true. A hundred percent, I know that's true. I, I'm. I'm not arguing yeah. with you about that at all. And no, it, but I'm just saying. I think. I think we forget about that sometimes when we're talking about stuff like this, where it's like, you know, let's go back to the ad. You know, the ages old adage right. that all, all good, all press is good press. Well, and to and some extent, right. And and what I would say is, I guess this is, and because we'll, we'll, we'll and do, it's not talking about the coronavirus. It's talking right. about look at this ridiculous and that's another thing is like i think and the more that we're talking about some thing we think is stupid that they did we're not talking about the wrestlers that are testing positive for the coronavirus so i i think the best way i could say it is i would be more forgiving of that in a in a more logical if like if this was one bizarre thing on an otherwise really good card with logical conclusions and flow, like if that was the case, I would probably be more in a place to say, you know what? As gross as that was, as dumb as that was, as silly as it was, I get it. It served its purpose. I think the problem I'm coming away from it, and this goes back to, to, to the way that Steve sort of set it up. Maybe, maybe we'll remember that. Maybe down the road. I don't know. I don't know if I'll remember it, right? Like, I don't know what from the. There's things that we talk about the week after a show that within a month, we spent 30 minutes of the show talking about something. Within a month, I'm like, "All oh, right, that happened. I completely forgotten about." It. Like, like right now, Mike Tyson, for instance. For, well, I mean, they did that. That wasn't like they they got rid of it. It was over. Um, like you know, I, I I still have vivid memories of this is the greatest show in my mind right now. But in four months, I might not even like if you said this is the greatest show, I might be like, "What is that? That's a weird." Like I just might have forgotten about it entirely within four months. So I don't know where I'm going to be down the road with this. But I, I feel like this is always going to be, you know, mystery stipulation comes up, someone makes it the eye for the eye. Maybe. And it, I, like, I, like, you know, you still hear about Kennel from Hell. Yeah, like may, maybe that'll be the case. But I would be more inclined to say... say I, I think oh, eye for an eye is the new jump the shark. I, I do. I, I believe it. I, I, I think Aaron's right. I think... Well, then you know what? If the, that... Honest to God... Forever. Honest to God, if that's the case, then I would, I would have to give them credit for it. I mean, yeah, if, I agree. Like, that, if that ends up proving to be true then I would have to revisit this conversation. 
I do think there's a, there's a part of me. I just got to be honest. There's a part of me that's really embarrassed to admit that I actually really enjoyed that match. Like, like, and and I don't know if it's because of how bad some of the other stuff on the card was, and I think that's part of it. Is like, you know, that's not even my number one complaint. It's not even my number two complaint on this show. But is that but that's match. sort of my I point. Mean, my point would be if if the rest of the show had been more logical. Yes. I would probably be more inclined to say, okay, so this was a silly thing they did to try to steal some attention, and it's a bummer they did it to a really good match, but, like, I can live with that as part of the overall show. And and maybe part of this is I just can't enjoy Drew McIntyre. I wish I could. I can't. It's not interesting to me right now, no matter what you have him do. Um, like yeah. it, you, you knew Dolph 100% was not winning that match right so like so what did I have I had the tag team match and what else the women's match uh, that ended the Bailey Nikki but, but that's but you know okay so the Bailey Nikki match sure like that's I mean it was it was good Sasha you, you, Oscar was a great but it was match. so but, fucking but you can't remember it right you can't remember it but like it, it's I, there was well, especially the way that it was stacked was you had those first two matches which were pretty good and then you had four matches which had questions all in a row yeah and the show and that really and that I think and that's I st- the biggest I issue. start out grumbling be- to begin with that Kevin Owens is on the pre-show right well, like I that's mean, that's, well, that's another problem altogether kind of rolling my eyes like okay this is you know and to be honest with you you know he worked Murphy he was like a really good really good worker and. There's no reason why that couldn't just be if they wanted to throw. I mean, there was really nothing behind it. I get that. Especially but. once you knew that Apollo Crews wasn't going to have a match. Right. <laughs> like right. you couldn't have figured something else out. No, I'm 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 with you. I understand that. And but it 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 speaks to it. It, it does. It speaks to a bigger problem. And I don't. This is almost going to feel like I'm veering into the territory. Of, I want to make this very clear. I do not feel about what's going on with Drew McIntyre the way that I feel about what's happening with Cody. And I and I feel bad. Because I like Drew McIntyre. I really do. And I'm happy for him. But it's just a stale turd at this point. I mean, it just is. It's, And that's not on him. He's doing the best work he can possibly do. This isn't his decision. It's not his fault that things went the way they did. It's not his fault they didn't build him the way they should have to get him the right WrestleMania moment. But... When and I'm, who's to say he wouldn't have if there were crowds? Like we don't. Maybe, maybe, right. Like, m- maybe that would have been the case. But it's just so nothing... That I'm left with what what do I have? Like what do I walk out of this saying, boy, this is what I really enjoyed. And yeah, like I did enjoy the tag match. It was great. Of course it better fucking be great. Look at who was involved with it, right? It, um, it was really great. Um and it, it was. was. It was one of the best you know, table matches usually aren't. And that was. It was wonderful. It was a wonderful match. And, and thank and thank God they're giving something to Cesaro and, and Shinsuke, although it's the most useless title on the show, probably. Yes, or tied for most useless with the raw tag titles because they just never end up developing it. However, it, it is good to see them. It, it, I still in the back of my mind cringe because I know that that was supposed to be Forgotten Sons. And the only reason it's not is because of everything that happened. But um, I love Cesaro and I love Shinsuke Nakamura. And so hopefully this just means we get a lot of great stuff like we did with the bar like we did with Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. That would be really nice. That would be really nice if that proves let me ask to be the you, case. Let me ask you one question. Uh, to, will it change how you... Will it, <laughs> I'm trying to say this with a straight face. Will it change how you feel about the eye for an eye match 
if now Seth Rollins and Aleister Black go for an arm for an arm match. Because <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I part of me thinks that that might actually happen. Because <sighs> I'm not sure where that's going. Because the, the first time he stabbed a guy's eye out and they ended up in this, now they're breaking Aleister Black's arm. So... I mean, I got nothing. I have makes nothing. sense as much as anything these days. Yeah, I have nothing to say about this. I, <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. Sorry, about that. just had to throw that out there. Um, I am, I am more convinced that it will be Randy Orton at SummerSlam. I know there's been some reporting about that too. Um, that that they sort of looked around, said, "Hey, if it's not going to be Brock, that's the best way to go about doing it." I know we talked about that last week, but it all seems set up for that to be the case. Um, which is the best that you can do in this circumstance and absolutely should end with Randy Orton being champion. And then agreed. And, and there's only other, I mean, unless you're just pulling a Brian cage or something, there's literally only a, one other person it can be. And it can't be that person. Uh, who Seth Rollins. Oh, the only yeah. other yeah, person yeah. that has any teeth right now. Yeah. Uh, assume, assuming we're looking at faces or at heels because we don't want to put Kevin Owens in that spot. Well, right. I'm assuming yes. heels just because that's yeah. what we've got right now. Right. Um, okay. So, what else from this week is worthy of conversation? <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, I gotta be honest. You know what's really funny? You you sent me a text. I didn't start watching Raw until late, and you were texting me about how they like rewrote the entire show and something that you thought was immediately rewrote. And the funny thing was, like, you might tell me what it is now, and I might be like, okay, I get that. But like watching the whole show on Monday night, I thought Monday night was was good. I thought. Raw was Your rights a, are not always bad. Yeah, I thought Raw was a good show. Um, yeah, and and I, I actually struggled with what. Did, did you think that they rewrote the thing that made Shelton the champion? Like I was, I guess I was just confused. No, Mustafa Ali. Oh, they literally I mean, pulled someone who hasn't been on TV in six months into the place of someone who's has COVID nineteen. Okay, I mean, I I mean, I guess I don't know. Like at some point, Mustafa Ali needed to be on TV again. I. I don't know yeah, how but, else. Like, they literally replaced uh, Apollo Crews with Mustafa. Oh, I mean, I, I hear you. Like, I, I don't know. I, for some reason, that didn't bother. Like, that's going to have to happen when people it's test positive. Like, thing. yeah, I I'm mean. Just, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me clear something out. Just because I pointed them out does not mean it's bad. Yeah. I just, I just pointed it out because it's clearly that was not. I mean, who knows? We could talk to some, you know, if we talk to someone in the know, well, we were planning on Mustafa Ali being in the, on this Raw for four months. I seriously doubt it. Well, and actually, and there is a question as to whether or not they, they plan to try to do some sort of faction. Like, again, the understanding... Some of the reporting now is that... Like, I made a nation of domination joke a couple weeks ago, but, like, the reporting now is essentially that that's just what this is supposed to be. Um, yeah, and Ron Simmons <laughs> was literally there. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. which is... I, I think that's a problem. I don't think they should yeah. just do the same thing. Like, I, I don't like that one bit. Um, I don't like them losing right away. Yeah, I don't like that either. The the hurt business was cool. Yeah, it was. I I mean, I liked it, and it's who, who? Wait, who did you not like losing? Them. The hurt business lost. Okay, but you can't have Mustafa Ali lose. In so don't match. don't put him in that match. Right, right. I mean, and, and and no, but listen. But you've also been dogging Ricochet and Cedric Alexander for weeks, so that you so can't put our you, truth in that match. It's okay, better. It's but a better like way. Same, the same point is that you've been ragdolling Ricochet and Cedric Alexander for weeks. So if you want this to be a program, they can't keep losing. 
who are they going to work with if they keep beating the same people over and over again? You got to I mean, give them some credibility. And actually, I think there's, you know, depending on how this is going, I think there's some logic to, you know, I was I was actually afraid they just threw Shelton Benjamin in there to take the pin. And if they're actually going to make him something, it wow. makes sense for MVP to want to be the one to take the pin because technically he's the manager that's just wrestling. Uh, he's the United States champion. Yes. If they had to take the pin, MVP was the right he's, guy. He's got I the belt. I'm not sure like if you guys have pin. seen that. He has he has the belt. He's the champion. Uh, just want to make sure everybody was <laughs> very aware of that, and that was clear. I can't believe we're still struggling with this, but no, he's got the belt and possession nine tenths of the law. That's just the way that it works. Um, uh, look, I you know I, I I we can get we can get caught up in minutia of that, but I I don't know. I kind of thought the whole thing worked. I thought the backstage yeah. segment was amazing. I actually yeah. thought that was awesome. It was so simple, so functional, and what is otherwise and one of these guys is going to defect. I, I think it's going to be Apollo, but one of these guys is going to defect to the other side. Um, sure. sure, yeah, of course, of course, of and, course. And by the way, I, I want to make this clear. Anytime they're using Shelton Benjamin is good because the fact that they don't use Shelton Benjamin is insane. Well, yeah, because he's yeah. great. I don't disagree with that. But like the way that they did it, that what a what a cool little segment that was. Like how many how many times does a throwaway backstage segment end up being something that you walk away from the show saying, Wow, that was really good. Yeah. And it was and, and how about the match? Yes. Yes. All of it was was great. So I don't know. I, I really liked Raw. I mean, I did. I really liked Raw yeah. this week. And maybe that was that my standard was a little bit lower from having watched Extreme Rules. But um, I thought Raw was good. I, I did. I genuinely thought it was good. I, I, I am good thinking ahead to Seth Rollins, Aleister Black, you know, some variation of what this, you know, the Hurt Business situation turning into your ultimate, you know, U.S. championship match. Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Andrade and um, uh, what's his name? Angel. Angel Garza versus the Street Profits. Right. I like that. They, they convoluted the women's situation a little bit. but We, we got to talk about that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I not, don't. Not, not anything about the picture. I'm a little alarmed that Stephanie McMahon is making an appearance. No, I don't. I, look, it's dumb, but I my gut is... That was just sort of a way to deal with the problem. I, I did not I send And it, it, if that's the case, fine. I'm just, whenever ratings are low, they go to the McMahon, so I'm a little bit alarmed. I, my, I, have my, uh, I have a theory. So they've been making a big deal about the five years of the women's evolution and all this stuff. Um, and I think that potentially, if they're not doing Sasha Bailey at SummerSlam, which I, I, I still think they probably are. There's one other thing that I haven't thought about until this morning that they could do, and it could be part of Stephanie McMahon sort of like um, pulling the rug out from Bailey and, and Sasha with things. They could be going to Shayna and Asuka at SummerSlam and then having um, Rhea Ripley come out on SmackDown since she has uh, disappeared from television, I think I think there's a chance that something like that happens. Um. Okay. okay. <laughs> like. I, I don't know why you need Stephanie for that. But. Yeah, I mean. Well, because she's the one who did the same thing five years ago and said, "Okay, you want some real competition? Here's Becky, Charlotte, and um, Sasha, and and sick them on uh, whoever was in the ring at the time." The Bellas, but yeah. 
Yeah. I, I don't I don't want Stephanie for that. I mean, I just kind of. Yeah. Well, I don't I, say I want. No, it. I, like I, I said, I, could see I, like I want this to be nothing more than somebody had to address this problem. You have no authority figure on television, and so we'll just we'll just do this and pretend like it never happened afterwards. That's you know, it. If it goes further than that, we will see. I do understand, Aaron, what you're saying about when ratings are down, you tend to inject the McMahons. And I don't even know as a whole that's a bad thing. Frankly, I I don't really know that it's smart to have no authority figure on the show. Like, I don't think that I've yeah. I've wanted that, to be honest you, with you. You want Shane back? <laughs> no, I sure as fuck don't want that. I mean, and so Stephanie is a far better option than Shane. Um, well, at least we know Stephanie's probably not going to wrestle. So. Oh boy, I'm not sure that I'm willing to say that either. Oh my, I'm probably not willing to not say that. Shane is definitely wrestling. Well, 100. percent That's 100 percent true. Um, I I do think that that's sort of been a thing that's been missing, and whether it's the McMahons or whether it's Baron Corbin or whatever it is, like I just think that shows are better when there's some sort of authority figure. Now, there's a fine line for it, right, where it becomes overbearing. Um, but well, can I add something to that? I think with WWE, we've always seen it for the most part done a certain way. It doesn't have to be like a heel. Well, yeah, well, they, but they did that with Mick Foley. Like they have done that right. in recent but, years. But well, I mean, saying, all you though. need is all you need is a nebulous. Like it doesn't even have to be a person. It can be a a board of directors feeding information to the broadcast team. Really? Can I have your attention, please? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I th- I think if you're doing it for the sake of trying to improve ratings and you want it to be a person, like I do think. That, that fights against authority have proven to always be very good for professional wrestling. Like we, well, I'll tell you who it should be, and it'll never happen. It who? should be CM Punk. That's who it should well, be. Well, I mean, yeah, that would be, that would be great, but you know, probably not. But that, that, that's who it should be. But we've, there's never been a time where it's been a problem for people to fight an authority, right? Like, and, and maybe the issue at the moment on Raw is that like it, it'd be difficult to have an authority figure at the same time as you have a messiah. Like you could make that argument that the messiah character has to be able to exist without anybody like giving him rules or instructions or things along those lines. But then maybe you should somehow, you know, conflate the two, like make it so that the messiah suddenly does have like actual power somehow, um, like a purpose to being the messiah, like things along those lines would be things that you could do to make this better that Seth Rollins has been granted, you know, certain power, you know, whatever it is. But I would argue that if it is Stephanie in some way, I just don't know that it's the worst thing to be injecting an authority figure right now. I would say that that's been something that actually has been missed um, over the last few months. It's not, it's not them McManning it up for the sake of McManning it up and them, you know, her trying to embarrass and... Uh, every female performer and remind them that she's the only thing that matters. There is a line by which this works, but I think you can find that line. I do. I, I, I think you, I think you can, I think I can, I don't know if they can because they've never have been able to find that line before with the McMahon specifically no. or, or any authority figure. They always get wrapped up in this, some kind of storyline with the, but I, it hasn't always been a bad thing that they got but, wrapped up in. But a at, least, at least like Teddy Long, I think is the best example of a guy who has been relatively neutral and just acted as an authority figure. But I don't do that for a long time. I don't know that I agree that the authority figure has to be neutral. I think the authority can figure can have things that they, they want. Right. But it doesn't always have to be as simple as 
um, all of the heels always get benefits, all of the faces always don't, right? Like you can have a group of performers yeah. that are your favorites that you're trying to work with to add something to the storyline. And that can benefit everybody, particularly in instances where you're trying to do things outside of a title picture. Um, if Stephanie McMahon is here to introduce Rhea Ripley, then that does make, and it's not Rhea Ripley right into the title picture, it's Rhea Ripley to fight somebody who's pissed off about the opportunities they haven't gotten, like, that can create a story. I, I believe in a secondary women's storyline. <laughs> a secondary but it's impossible. women's storyline. And that Is can that something work. that you've been wanting? I, I don't know. I've maybe mentioned it a time or two. I, I feel like it's, it's come up every now and then. So... I don't, I don't, again, I get what you're saying is that your fear is that it wouldn't happen for those reasons and it would just immediately go to the, I, I get that, but maybe I'm just being hopeful. Uh, you know, I'm being definitely being hopeful thinking of in a secondary women's storyline. I do know that to be the case. I infected you. Yeah. Yeah. You son of a bitch. You made me think that there can be, re- I mean, look, I, and again, like I know that ask, uh, or sorry, that Shayna Baszler and R-Truth did something on uh, raw talk this week that everybody like, I also don't think if the point of injecting Shayna Baszler was for it to be a big deal, then it's a really bad idea to further convolute the storyline and have Shayna Baszler off TV the following week. That's that's bad. That's a bad thing. She, she was on TV. Doing what? She was backstage. They yes. talked to her. She, she, said, she was on TV. I mean, but she's and like... she said that I'm very interested in the outcome of what uh, the Kyrie Sane and... Um, but I mean, it's, it's but very if, clear what's going to happen there is she's going to put, you know, Asuka will win. Right. And then she's going to put Kyrie out of action permanently since Kyrie's... Right, is being written off TV anyway. I understand but that. But if that's true, that means we're not getting Bailey and Sasha at SummerSlam. Why? Because if she puts out Kyrie, that's going to put her into a feud with Asuka. Right, right, that's on a different show. Dana. And yeah. then Sasha moves over to Bailey. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay, got it. Yeah, that's the way that that would work. Um, this just didn't need. It did not need this complication. It didn't. That's unnecessary. I, I. Now the best argument back is, but they want people to watch Raw in two weeks, and it's in their mind the way they get people to watch Raw in two weeks. So. You know, maybe that does win ultimately. Like maybe that the the need for people to tune into Raw just outweighs that is like I, we just have to maybe rethink the 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 concept of these events, and that sucks because there is a line at which it just makes you not want to watch them, but it's the new reality. I mean, it is the new reality of when you're not selling pay per views when it's on the network anyway, and you still need people to watch your TV shows. I think we need to accept that they're going to be doing more and more of this and we're going to have more and more of these complaints. So the way it is. All right. Um, anything else from WWE or can we move to a, to a W? Yeah, we can move. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> want to talk about it. So I'm, my ass is being kicked by allergies this week, so I'm not like as uh, rambunctious as I might typically be. Um, look, you know, I texted you guys immediately. I, I like Eddie Kingston. That's cool. He's they great. they did a they they were wrong to hype it the way they did. They hyped it as if it was going to be an earth shattering signing. It's like not, Ray Mysterio was coming right. out. Right. It's so. not it's not that. And so it was a mistake to hype it that way. And I think they know they were wrong to hype it that way. 
and that played a role in why there is no, no logic that this would be the time that you would have Cody Rhodes do something like take a bunch of tacks in the back. This is the match that you're doing that with? Again, with no offense to Eddie Kingston, half of the people watching don't know who Eddie Kingston is. This is the time that Cody Rhodes has to take that bump? That doesn't work. Yeah, I definitely didn't know who he is. I, 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 no I guess idea. the question, the, the argument there would be, does Eddie Kingston have a future there? If he doesn't, this is a way to, you know, really elevate Eddie Kingston, you could make that argument. But how could he? Why would you? I mean, no offense. Seven wrestlers and they have one show. This is we keep. We're going to keep doing this. You keep bringing guys in, and not they're not standing out in any sort of way. But you're immediately trying to put them into a major situation when the characters that you spend an entire year developing aren't doing shit. When MJF is fighting a fake Jungle Boy on the same show. What what is that? I, I really thought it was Jungle Boy at first. Well, everybody like, Wait did. Why didn't he get his intro? Right. Everybody thought that when they saw him from afar, and then you realized it wasn't like the, There is if you want Eddie Kingston to be the guy that Cody Rhodes faces, just come back from break at one point during the show and have Eddie Kingston be there, and like that can be a cool moment that people can react to organically. But when you tease that it's this earth-shattering moment. And then it's Eddie Kingston. That doesn't work. No offense, it, it doesn't. It doesn't work. It doesn't justify it. It makes it feel like now you're going to a bizarre length to try to overcompensate for the fact that you know what you actually were doing didn't justify the hype. Like, okay, we're going to try to sucker people into watching the show right at the beginning by teasing this monster, you know, unbelievable, earth-shattering thing that's happening. And when it's not that... We know we might be at risk of losing them to the other show, so we better have some crazy bump, some crazy spot quickly. But in the world of professional wrestling, having uh, this guy show up who's not a world champion type anywhere, really, doesn't justify this. It, it doesn't work, man. It's bad. It just is. Here's Cody doing crazy Cody thing, and it's it reeks of desperation which isn't where this company should be at this point. And do you know what else reeks of desperation? The way that they go to commercial. When they're like, don't worry, don't worry. There's a picture in picture and you can win stuff if you watch for the hashtag. And, and it was like, yeah, they've I don't, been doing it the past couple of weeks. Yeah. It was so over the top last night. Or I don't, this I, week. I, maybe, maybe. It's not I as desperate. I don't, know. I, I don't have nearly a problem it's, with that. It's not as desperate as Cody taking thumbtacks to the back in a Eddie Kingston match, man. That's. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Like, what are. Maybe it's because I'm the only person. Maybe without well, crowds being there. Can we also there, add in that, like, okay. So people like Aaron know who Eddie Kingston is. I have no idea. And the people that you need to grow this brand are the people like me. Like the people like Aaron are watching this shit already. You know what I mean? And I think that if you have him come in and cut a three-minute promo, I, I kind of have a problem with that too. Well, I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily have a problem. That was a great promo. Yeah, it was. A, it was a it great. Was good, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, that is a channeled flipper to me some guy I don't I, know okay i did i would disagree with that because even if i didn't know who eddie kingston was anybody that's cutting a promo that that's good i'm going to be inclined to watch so i i disagree that's with fair. you a little bit on but that. I, i'm just saying like okay so then you have him fight this guy that i don't know who it is and you're trying to so then 
then what is this his fourth or fifth defense i guess of this title yeah so you're saying like okay this title really matters it's so important he's going to defend it every week but random guy gets to come in and get a no dq match because he can't work without the rules being no dq essentially is what you're telling me about this wrestler because otherwise why would the first match he ever gets be a, a no disqualification match so Cody can take tax to the back. Right. I mean, it's and then like, that's why it comes off as just being desperate. It comes yeah. off and, and more desperate than it should be. Like, like, and that's the problem that I have. And it goes back the bigger issue. While, while yes, you're talking about wanting to have people that get like you have been doing a TV show that people have been watching for a year. What about that? What about all the work that you've done? And instead, it's just now here's Eddie Kingston and Cody takes some. Like it, it feels like what you're telling me is. Nothing has worked. We're just going to sh- throw anything at the wall and hope that it works at this point, which makes no sense because you've been doing good stuff. Like, and- wouldn't it be just as good for him to just defend a title against like Ortiz or someone? Yes. I mean, like, yes. That's the way this should be going. I, mean, I, could, pro- I could probably pick out like 10 guys like that. That you could easily just one of the bucks. Well, you know? and what I would say is you shouldn't be having Cody Rhodes do it. I mean, like that's part of the problem well, to begin with. Is that I, this, I, I, and I think I think part of that is tinting it. Is that if this was someone else doing it, right? It would be a little more forgivable. But because it's Cody, there's a problem, and you know the reason that the alarms are already off on this women's tag tournament. Yes, sure, a hundred percent. Of but course, like, if, if this if this was. You know, it, let's say if Moxley was doing this with the world, which I, would be a problem with the world title. Let's say it was Moxley. I don't know if we're talking about it quite the same way. No. Well, I mean, no. it would depend on how they were doing it. I'm still. Well, if they were doing random guys that aren't part of the company coming yeah. in, I think we would be having the same. I would. I would. Well, but but they said that for moment one. Like that was the th- that's the one thing that I'm going to fight back on a little bit here is because they said for moment one. You know, when, when Cody, whether or not you like this idea of the open challenge, he said for moment one, this is not just going to be in the company, and they but, had to establish that. But then what is the they point of having the championship but, but, belt? I don't agree with him saying that then. Yeah, Cody can, ha- Cody can just say, I'm Cody Rhodes. If you want to come fight me, come fight me. You introduced a championship belt because championship belts are good for professional wrestling companies. And you're yeah, now yeah. essentially taking that, you introduce well. a belt, and you're taking it right back out of your company. What and, the fuck and, is and, that? And it's the, that's the Cody problem. Yes, 100%. That, well, this this should be Cody, Cody doing problem. it without the belt. This should but be Cody doing it without Cody the belt. Problem. Let, let me re- re- reiterate something. There are 80, what is it, 86 people on their roster, and you can't find three of them to fight Cody for the past month. I have no problem with seeing people coming in like this. Like, I have no, as long as it's not every week. I have no problem with this. I think it adds a little bit to see there. And again, for me personally, as a guy who's been watching Eddie Kingston for a long time, I like seeing Eddie Kingston on TNT. But so now, now, now you want it now. If you want to say that they overhyped it, one hundred percent, yes. But the idea that just purely Eddie Kingston coming in and getting a shot is bad, I'm going to disagree with that. But can I add a question to that? How does it counteract then their mentality that wins and losses matter? And that well, how how does it how does it help that matches will get championship matches? I, I mean, Sonny. Then you had to. Why didn't you have a problem with Sonny getting a title shot last week? He didn't deserve a title. No, but at least he's part of the company, and I didn't love that. To be honest with you, I mean, it was a great well, match, and after the fact, it was fine. I just I I think that I think there's a lot of things going on, and it's code. It's it, it's all. 
it's mostly Cody, but then you, it adds to it well, whenever you have random guys coming in, right? And getting, but when you're doing the same thing with your world title, um, essentially, I, I think it just it it reeks. I don't know. It Maybe reeks. If I man. watch the show every week, okay. The wins and losses is me, more me just clapping back at something they said themselves. I don't really care about that. I, I, I've kind of given up on that aspect, right? But but let's let's use the sunny kiss argument. I watch the show every week and I know who that is and I want to see him wrestle. Yeah. Like that's different from just some guy showing up and getting a 15 minute match. But the, the counter argument would be there are people who would want to watch the show to see what happens next. Who wants to be able to say, I I like, I kind of like the fact that I could be surprised that someone can pop up there. You know, people, some people do like that. That are watching it to see who's going to pop up. Wait a second. Those are the people like you are going to watch the show anyway. I don't know. I mean, I, there were you well, know, going back to the Monday Night Wars. People were saying, "I I want to watch because I don't know who's going to show up and on that, a weekly and basis." And again, there's something. And, to... and those, and you could say more high, high profile, but I'm just saying specifically, I don't know that putting a random person from the company is necessarily better but, than putting but that's a random the, person. Again, from what's what's the name of the guy that's that another problem situation with that's teaming up with Brian Cage? What's that guy's name? What the guy that's Brian Cage's tag team partner? Oh, uh, Starks, Ricky Starks. Okay. So oh, if yeah. I'm guy flipping yeah. between the two shows, one week you give me Richie Starks and the next week you give me this guy, I'm not I don't care who's coming anymore. Like that the element of surprise is killed because you're not by by saying it's well, a surprise, you're, you're, you're not implying that I'm gonna care about it. But who hang is. on, there's a secondary part to that. You're saying that yeah. you don't know who's gonna show up. They're all showing up to do the same thing. They're yeah. all well, showing and, and up of John to Cody. But, but you also know that Sonny Kiss is going to lose. He's showing that's, up to do the same thing as well. That's I'm fine, too. If you're saying Cody's going to beat Sonny Kiss or Cody's going to beat Eddie Kingston, I don't know that necessarily Sonny Kiss is better than Eddie but, Kingston. But you're putting a context on it that I'm not willing to give you. You know what I mean? Like, it's a. But, but I, I'm thinking that because Brandon brought up that one thing that he'd much rather have Ortiz randomly do it or whatever. It, and I'm saying in this case... Where it's again the problem is Cody and the problem is the fact that it's he's just having these matches to have these matches. That's the overarching problem. Well, it's it's but a bigger we, problem that it's it's, that, it's the I don't thing know that, that Eddie Kingston is worse. It's it's the big it's the thing that we just want to kind of want to try to ignore every now and like we just want to make it seem like this isn't just Cody Rhodes' company. Like we just want it right. to be because we want to like everything else that's going on. But he's doing. Everything, it's two shows, like I said last week, like everything in his power to prevent that from being the case. And that's infuriating. This sucks. And I know you kind of mentioned sucks. it, but I, I do need to throw out there in exact terms that they are creating a women's tag team tournament when there's only one women's tag team. Yes, and, and it's wife his wife's tag it. team. Right, correct. I mean, it's terrible. I, it's, I, you know, I'm going to give it till the end. But yes, if it is for that, it's unforgivable. But even even if it's not, even if, even if it's not the, the end. finals, which they are, by the way, there's no way they're not. And this is just to break them up and to do the angle. It's still just as bad. But it's it's the same thing. They if you were going to, to do a women's tag team tournament, you needed to introduce women's tag teams. You needed to spend <laughs> not time. Just, not just third tag team. Correct. <laughs> like that. This this only can be one. The, you've only done work on one thing. That's it. This is so blatantly bad, and I hate that because you know the last segment of the show was good. And everything. Can, can I can I add another thing to the tag team thing? Guess what you have a lot of regular tag teams. Man, it would be really yeah. awesome to see a tag team tournament of the division where you have actual tag teams, or or do more things that involve the actual tag teams or and trios. I mean, right? Yeah, correct. Like, well, especially I mean, when again it looks 
more and more, again, we, we talk about the good, that everything going on with Paige and FTR Great. and Kenny and the Bucks is phenomenal. Yep. By, All by of the it. way, I, I do want to make, because we, we compl- particularly I complain a lot, we complain a lot. I do want to say I do think that Dynamite has been better than NXT for about two weeks, maybe. No, I, th- I think the first... No, I like. I think I like the Great American Bash a little bit more. It was kind of. They're pretty on par. They were both very good shows between Fighter Fest and Great American Bash. After that, AEW has been better, in my opinion. Uh, overall, overall, maybe because I don't know. I, I think the past couple weeks, yes. I'm sure. saying that because I am way more into what Aaron just said than I am into anything on either show. I think that that storyline is a lot more compelling. You know what's going on with Hangman and and Kenny Omega and FTR getting involved. Like that's very interesting to me, and I like the Jericho stuff. You, you and might... between those two things, that's what I want to see. Like if I'm just saying, what do I want to see on Wednesday? I want to see those two things, and then I probably go to NXT and want to see some things. But um, to to me, that stuff's been very good. And and by the way, I Chris Jericho needs. Uh, MVP points for wearing the orange stained coat. Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> but it, 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 I'm going to say two things. I you might be right. Although like this week I thought Timothy Thatcher Oni Lorcan was wonderful, oh, you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Like unbelievable. Um yeah. you might be right, but I can't pretend for a second like my ability to enjoy the rest of the show isn't significantly impacted by the fucking gut punch of having to sit through Cody Rhodes match of the week. I well, there's, there's something on NXT that's doing that to me a little bit, but, what but is we'll, let's finish AEW. Okay. Um, and 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 it is compounded by the way that they shit on their own championship belt. I, like I, I just yes, I'm I'm at. You can tell me that you like the other stuff, and I do. I love everything they're doing with the tag division. I love everything Chris Jericho is doing. It's so good that it is somehow. Still making me enjoy shows, or at least enough of the shows, despite the fact that I am infuriated by the other stuff. And it's not, I don't think it's good, I think it's infuriating. I think it's embarrassing for them as a company, what they're doing otherwise. The the fact that we are two weeks out from, like, we, we don't have a clue as to what John Moxley's doing. He's still cutting promos that involve Brian Cage, which is unbelievable because you <laughs> got Brian Cage into another program. I couldn't wait for this. It, I've been waiting for this. It feels like you're you don't know, which is batshit insane. Like it's insanity that we are sitting here not knowing what it is that we're going to do with your actual championship moving forward. By the way, all the good that we felt last week when we thought that this was pivoting to Darby was completely thrown out the window this week. Whatever. I mean, like, the only thing that you can say is that either you're trying to somehow make this a triple threat match, which, why? Why? So that, so that Darby could win without Moxley eating the pin. I, or, or either way, or Cage could either. That's the only way you do that. That's the only reason you do that other than no doing it for no reason right but that's what i I, all i can think is that you're doing it for no reason all i can think is that you don't have a solution and so i I guess let's just do this for now and it's such a bigger problem like it's it's completely insane i mean it's completely 
insane that a major professional wrestling company would be this clueless with their championship belt that they can't figure that out. How to make the heavyweight champion of the world work. This based is on based nuts. on what they presented, Glenn. Based on what they presented on the show. Without without just doing it, you know, j- just naturally your reaction to what you saw on the show from, you know, I don't know, what are there eight how many segments are there in a show? Eight? Yeah, something like that. Ten. From 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 most important to least important, where on that ladder would you put the world title segment? Seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's insanity. It's absolute I mean, there's, there's insanity. Three things, four things that clearly roll off the tongue that are clearly being pushed as more important right now, and then you get into the minutia. So I say it's at least five. You know. Yeah. Uh, I. I, I... I mean, well, let, let's be honest. As far as what they're presenting as more important, they are presenting the TNT title. Oh, they've made that right? very clear. They've it's made that abundantly clear. Title. It's the most important thing. Uh, it's so... I, I want to join you. I want this to not be turning me off, but I, I, got, I am reaching a breaking point with the company. It's, and it's... When I say it's specifically because of Cody, it's because it's the one thing that was going to be unforgivable in all of this which was just making this Triple H. Just making, like, it was so unforgivable to turn the company into Cody Rhodes' company. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't care if I, I was... I, but, a, I will say, but I will say this. If you were going to do that anyway, why not just do it with the title? Like, this has made it even more convoluted and weird. Like, at least if you were just going to do it, and you're not trying to hide the fact that you're doing it. I, well, you just I, did this I, with the title. I hear you. The title would seem to matter, and right. you have him fighting real people. I I hear you, but I still. I mean, I, I I couldn't pretend like that wouldn't be shit too. I mean, that would be shit. Like, it, you well, mean, it would be. It would shit be. Too. I'm just saying it's straightforward shit instead of right. It, it would be shit. shit that makes the world title the most important thing on the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, like it's this is so. It, it, this is bad. I, actually, I got to take it back. This is worse than that because it makes something else more important than the world championship. It's, At least in that case, you're just saying this is what we're doing and it's the world title. Like, this is worse than Triple H because that would be like if Triple H had the United States title and that was the most important segment of the show. So bad. Week. It's so bad, man. And I, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to do this. I don't. I hate this. I hate this. But it is so bad. And I, I, I want to join you guys, and I want to be into the program, and I want, I just, it is a burden for me to it sit. It helped this week that it was first. Like, it helped the rest of the show seem better. Yeah, and that, that to me, I, I feel Brandon, like so let me add, I was able to get it out of the way, and I don't need to think, like, I, I can compartmentalize, and yeah, I, can I can say. Too. You guys flip, you guys first, flip, though. Like, Brandon, you, you said this week that you were flipping between shows. And, so I completely missed the Cody segment, and, but and, until I until I rewatched the show. And, and Aaron, I've watched you tweet where it appears as though you're flipping between shows. Yeah, I'll, I'll usually flip and then go back and watch stuff on. TV. So maybe I would be able to to like have a different Wednesday night experience if I did that. This I, is the first time I've ever done that, by the way. It it was interesting. It sucks the life out of me, man. Like I'm I'm and I'm being honest, like it makes me forget about shit that happened afterwards that was good. Like I, and I know it was good, but I'm so just 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 spent 
by we're doing this again. We're doing this again. Like I, I can't believe we're doing this again. And and is what I'm any other sorry, go ahead. What I'm fearful of is that like they're gonna they they would if I had this conversation with them, they would say, Well, here here are your quarter hour numbers. Quarter hour numbers say we should be doing more of this. Like that's what I'm fearful of, is that you know ultimately this is what people care about. Which is well, ju- judging by how much they were begging you to not change the channel i suspect that they're not getting those quarter numbers like that or he would be on the show a lot more or he would be later in the show or whatever he would be in a, unless their argument is if we kick off the show with cody they'll stay. I, I think that's yeah. the, i think that's the argument i mean i think it is too and that's what i fear and i don't know i don't know if the numbers justify it or if it's just i don't know what it is man but it is it is it is making me check out more on AEW, which sucks because I love so many of the other things that I that I see from them. It is such a burden to deal with this and com- in concert. I'll, I'll, in concert, I'll tell you what I don't need. I don't need uh, Brian Cage to have a buddy. I, I mean, is there more fish out of water situation than whoever that dude is? And that it with Darby Allen, um, D- Moxley, and Brian Cage and Taz. It, I mean, the, to me, that just screams like, oh my god don't want Cage to take a pin. We need to give someone for him to get pinned in tech matches. Well, do you know what else like that scares t- me? It scares me that they don't think Cage versus Darby is realistic and that they want Darby to fight the little guy and that Moxley's there with the, for the big guy. I mean, did, don't you find it bizarre that they just found a really little guy to throw in there? Then what was the point of any of this? Yeah, I was going to say, like, they have to have that match based on what they I mean, did. What is, what is the point of any of this if you're not building the Brian... tag match next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it might be that they're just moving past it after that. That's what I think, too. But that, that it goes back to you're, you're pissing on your world championship for two weeks. For what purpose? Does Darby get the shot? But, like, why I mean, wouldn't... What you, you could say that this is... For whatever reason, they feel they want to kind of press the reset here and use that as the reset show. And then August, the first show of August or whatever it is, that's when you set up, start setting up your match for all in. Sort of like what they're doing on Raw where they're having, you know, Drew reset, then Randy Orton presumably will enter the picture. I'm not saying it's good, but I can see some. I don't know exactly why they felt they needed that two week reset. But if they is there felt any like part it, of you that thinks they're doing what we think WWE is doing, which is they're just vamping around till we get to the crowds. Oh, man, I've been worried about that. Oh yeah, oh I like more and more. I think Kenny is the guy. And yeah, they're I mean, vamping around for that. Like that would make a lot of sense, but when? And and we keep right, and that, but well, that's, that's the a problem. whole other argument. And, that, and then I, that's the problem. Nobody I keep, can tell us. That. I keep I'm coming back saying, to it. Like, and like the you, the WWE can say we think we can have crowds in late September. Well, you thought you could have crowds in June. Well, but like, it's true. But I think because we're us, this is two different arguments. It's do we think they're doing that, not do we think they should be doing but that? I, do you but, know what I mean? But I think the two have to walk hand in hand here because we At have what you have to ask if it's worth it. We have to say you well, are no, but, killing but yourself. What I'm to say is we, we can't tell. I can't tell you definitively that they're doing that. I can tell you I think they're but doing But we've talked that. about that for a and long time. I just time. want to know if you think they're doing I, that. Well, I think and there's a lot of things they've done. a conversation about whether they should do I that. think there's a lot of things they've done that were based on that. And in the beginning of all this... Too. At the beginning of all this, I even had the conversation where I said, I think we are going to see... Th- I made the comparison to, like, somebody who becomes a prostitute during all of this, right? Like, 
where like I, you're going to see people do things they wouldn't normally do, and you've got to be able to be willing to give them a pass for it, right? Yeah. And at the beginning of all this, I had no problem saying that. I had no problem saying for like a month or so, especially as they were being forced to move around and not knowing when they could tape, the whole deal, I'm willing to give you passes on how you structure things. Once you get into a sense of normalcy, and this is just what things are going to be for a little while, you have to do programming. You have to fucking program. You can't keep hiding behind. Well, we need to figure out, I, do, do any of us know with certainty that there will be crowds anywhere before 2020? Or 2021, I mean. No. I would say not even know for certainty. I would go the opposite way if I had to bet. So how is that even something that you can keep in the back of your mind at this point? How can you right. even be thinking about the, is this something we want to do when crowds get back? You have. Well, remember, WWE clue. thought a month, like, not I said even a that. month ago, they were going to do SummerSlam. They, they, they legitimately thought. They booked arenas for June. Yeah, for July. Yeah. yeah. They booked yeah. arenas. They're, there's just, stop it. Stop it with this. This has to be removed. Look, if at some point. Whether it's safe or not, they decide to start doing shows that have people in them. God bless, right? Like, that's their call. They're allowed to do it, and we're allowed to make our choices as to whether or not we go. But to keep basing this around this concept, a moving target, which now they're, every report says that they believe late September they'll have people in buildings. That's, that's every report that we've seen of late. That target moves so quickly, so effing in Baltimore, restaurants were open and were closing them again on Friday. And By Baltimore's way, not even one of the hardest hit places. Reports suggest they think that. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that they are. I, it's it's uh, someone. It was like either not on the same. They're not on the same page with the people who run the arenas. Yeah, That's Se- sure. Stephanie. I was either Stephanie Triple H. So, so someone did an interview at some point and said that that's what they were looking at. Yes, late September has been um, their. Yeah, I, their most Keep recent. In mind, we have NFL teams that think they're going to have fans still. So um, some fewer, some of them think far fewer, far fewer. Like more and more far of them. Fewer, but some still think it. Yes, but they can at least make the argument they're outside. Like there, there is still like this part of the science where, yeah, like you right. know, we've we've sort of said it's different whether you're outside or inside. Like in Baltimore, we're closing down restaurants again, but we're still telling them they can serve outdoors. Like we're just saying we can't have people indoors right. anymore. So there is still that. Like even the, the, the even the NFL argument is a fair one because they're at least outside. We're talking about running indoor shows, and maybe they'll be able. to. I'm not telling you that they won't be able to buy. I, I don't think they're going to be doing I, I'm massive. I'm telling you they won't be able to. Here's why I disagree is the same thing I'll always say. It only takes one place. It only takes one True. place well, that's fair. telling yes. them you can run a show here and they can decide to run a month's worth of shows there. They can Trump say, had a rally in Oklahoma. Correct. And, um, well, that's a fair point. As of the moment, the Republican convention is still scheduled to go on in Jacksonville. In an arena. By the way, he's going to want to run rallies. He's not. He is not going to accept not having rallies. And and as I, we've, I've always said about the governor of Florida, the governor of Florida, you know, when he says jump, isn't that guy says how high. So isn't it isn't it in the football stadium too? No, the rally. No, the rally. The, the, the convention. convention. No, the convention's in the arena. It's. Oh, uh, no, I thought they moved it out of the arena because they said it. Couldn't yeah, be I, in I the think arena. I heard that. Too. I think they said they wanted to, but that as oh, okay. There, there was at least at one point a plan that a provisional plan in place to possibly do it in the football stadium. Yeah. That... Oh, look, who runs the football stadium? Oh, AEW, right? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> um, I mean, um, you know, I look. I, I all it takes is the governor of Florida saying, "Okay, you can do." 
30% capacity for arena shows. And then he says, cool, we'll be in Tampa this week. We'll be in Miami next week. We'll be in Orlando in the big arena this week. We'll be in Jacksonville. And, and they can do it. So I'm saying maybe. I'm not telling you they will. I'm saying maybe they can. But the notion that you plan around that is bat-ass insane. And, yes. and, and can, cannot be something that you can make any booking decision based around for anybody. Nobody can be operating around the idea that you can do fan shows at any point until the fan shows start. Like, once they start, different conversation. But until you actually run one, there can be no thought process that this is how we're, we're, we're handling our booking. Right. Agreed. I, I agree. All right. Let, what do we? We got to get to Chris Bay. Uh, Re- what do we, real, real quick NXT. We got to sure yeah, quickly. Um, I have a major problem in NXT. A major problem. Um, Karrion Cross is a problem. Karrion Cross is not going to work. And f- first of all, they're setting him up to fail because we're going to Keith Lee. That's what we're doing, and we're going right to Keith Lee. And if you add to that just the problematic presentation that he has, this guy's going to get booed out of buildings. Like, I, I predict he gets booed out of buildings. Is that a, and not the way you, you, that you wait, want him to be? Why? It is so bad and campy and the, the 80s yelling face without the yelling. And, I mean, I just, I just think it's all kinds of problems. Like, I, I had no problem turning to the other channel when that match started. I, I didn't want to see his entrance. I didn't want any of it. I think there's some things that are problematic. I strongly disagree that fans don't largely want that ridiculous presentation. In the main event. I think that we're talking about the fans who lost their shit over the Ascension the fans that loved Finn Balor, who had a really yeah, weird presentation. I think the Finn Balor comparison is better. Finn Balor and this guy in the same category. Why? Okay, fine. But I, I think that. Wait, wait, wait. We're why? Talking about well, hang on a second. No, no, no. no. Wait, 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 wait. Why, why aren't you putting him in the same category as Finn Balor? Because I think that Finn Balor gets a pass. I think that Finn Balor, and by the way, there's other problems with Finn Balor um, that we can talk about if you want. But. Um, no, I, I don't think that's the same. I think this is big meathead guy that is perceived to be pushed right to the front, that is perceived to be getting the opportunities that all the people that they want to get the opportunities is going to get. And I, I don't, I just don't know about. I, I think you're having that. two different things, and I think no. as we always talk about, that it's so easy. the The biggest thing that overcomes everything is having a catchphrase. There's nothing that fans like more than being able to chant something. And I get that at the moment fans aren't fans aren't there. But I I, I dis I think this is way more similar to Finn Balor than you know, like I, I get it. They look different and he's being pushed a little bit quicker, but he's not being pushed as a face at the moment. Um like it's and, not and that's part of it too. Was that well, Finn, and, and then I think it might thing be was baby face. Here's the thing that I think that as far as waiting in like We've never, when it comes to guys that people have watched for a little while, they've never cared, in, especially in NXT, about them. They didn't care when Kevin Owens was pushed straight to the title. They didn't care when Adam Cole came in and was immediately a main event. Do you think this guy has the respect of those guys? I think for the NXT fans, largely yes. Okay. Not, necessarily, not necessarily quite that level, but he was a known commodity. He was a guy people were looking forward to see when he came in, yes. Okay. 
Well, see, that's the part I don't know because I don't know who the guy is. I, the no, first I time used... I know him is when it, he comes on NXT, and to me, I, I just I don't know if putting him up. Like, I guess they they can do this if there's no fans to if they if they want to squash Keith Lee before the fans can get mad about it. Um, then I guess that this is the time to do it, but. I don't see how he works if he loses. Why do you assume that he's going to squash Keith Lee, though? Well, you know what I mean. He uh, squash his title run, not squash him in the match. Okay, all right, that's a different thing. Um, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. I immediately take the. Well, title I mean, I, I think it has everything to do with what happens. Barry, with... I should have said Barry Keith Lee. Right. Well, but I, I again, if you're doing that to have Keith Lee immediately jump up to Raw, I think it's a completely different thing. Than him coming in, beating Keith Lee, and then you just having Keith Lee hang around to do nothing. Like, but what if it's him beating Keith Lee so Keith Lee can go to Raw and tag team with somebody? Well, I, that's with a different. Ricochet it's a different problem. Do I don't disagree with it. It's a different problem. But like, yeah. we haven't treated. We have not been angry at anyone throughout the pantheon of NXT. No one that's beaten the guy that got the call up has gotten heat for that. Like, that's not been an issue for anybody. Um, you know, there's mistakes that were made in the process, but nobody has had it been held against them that they were the one to end. Somebody had to beat Shinsuke Nakamura, who I think we would all agree at the time was the most beloved of yes. of any of the NXT champions, right? Was there an NXT champion that was more popular at the point at which they lost the belt than Shinsuke Nakamura was? You couldn't make a case uh, for Sammy or Asuka. But she didn't well, I mean, I, I don't think you can for Sammy. Sammy was popular. He was well-liked, but NXT... But, but Sammy, you had that year-long build, that really strong... I understand, you know, but, but NXT wasn't what it was at that... Right, like, and, and that's the thing. If, if I'm just saying comparison to... I, I'm, I'm judging on a curve, because I'd also say, like, Bo Dallas was super popular, but that was yeah, a different time. I, I'd say maybe Finn or maybe Asuka. But Asuka didn't lose. She just gave it up. Yeah, Asuka never lost. But I mean, like, as far as who is beloved, I think Oscar, and then maybe Finn. I think maybe, but I don't. Not not quite. Like he was, he was <laughs> really popular. Is one. Nakamura to me is the most beloved. So Nakamura loses to Bobby Roode, and I get that that's a bad example because Bobby Roode didn't do much of anything at all with it. But like, nobody was mad at Bobby Roode. We didn't hate Bobby Roode for beating Shinsuke Nakamura. Somebody had to beat Shinsuke Nakamura because Shinsuke Nakamura, in our minds, was going on to do wonderful things. Clearly, hindsight fucking a but like it had to happen no, so if anything it completely legitimized bobby Roode to me at the time at the time sure at the time um we we, we got it we got to get to curse bay is, is there anything else we need to talk about from nxt uh you know obviously the thing we were not necessarily hope the the fact that they just decided to discard the north american title into a tournament and yeah, I that was to say, that was bizarre was you're right that was that was bizarre i love that and next week we get timothy thatcher versus finn balor versus Dexter Loomis, which should be great. But I have no uh, idea where they go there. But Finn Balor needs to stop it with the push and the the shooting promos. I, I just I can't with that. Okay. All right. Uh, I will say if they if they use the same recipe, it seems like Dexter Loomis might win that match. Or Thatcher, one of the two. Yeah. I was gonna say that you can make a case for any of the three right yeah, now. Yeah, no doubt. No but, doubt. But but it would be kind of cool if this match ends up being just a bunch of guys like that that haven't been in 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 those positions. Well, I'm joined now here on Jobbing Out by the new X Division champion. He defeated Willie Max Saturday night at Slammiversary, and 
He just so happens to be the pride of Nova, of Northern Virginia. He's originally from Alexandria. It's a pleasure to welcome into the show Mr. Chris Bay, who's with us. Chris, it's Glenn and Aaron. Oh What's you up, man? You know where I'm from. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got we've got a lot of DC folks in our audience, so this is kind of like I'm up the road a little bit, but Aaron, I think right now is sitting just north of DC. Mm-hmm. Like, um, this is th- this is our backyard for us. Like, g- g- give me your background. I know you ended up in Vegas, but give me your background. Like, going back to Northern Virginia, how old were you when you when you packed up your bags and you headed out west? Man, I, uh, so I grew up. In Alexandria, I moved there when I was, I want to say, like, three. Before that, I was, uh, I think we are in uh, Greenbelt. And, um, oh, wow, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, uh, I, um, I moved to Alexandria when I was three. And from three till 20, we lived in Alexandria. My mom still lives there. And I, uh, I moved when I was 20 to Vegas to pursue the dream of being a pro wrestler. And, we are now 24, so, uh, Impact Wrestling and X Division That's champion. amazing. It's amazing. So hang on, we, just so we can zero in on it, because you're, you're clearly, you're a D.C., you're a Northern Virginia guy. Where'd you go to yeah. high school? This is, there are definitely people that probably are listening, like, holy crap, that guy went to my high school or something like that. Yeah, no, nah, so I went to um, West Potomac High School. Okay, and, all uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, graduated from there in 2014. Class of 2014. It's, it, was a, it was a cool time, <laughs> and I still keep in contact with... Uh, handful of people from back there uh, a lot more teachers than students uh, <laughs> you know those teachers who definitely helped me with my bad grades get through get through <laughs> and make sure that I graduate so shout out to y'all I made it you know they, they made you a champion <laughs> they made you a champion is what <laughs> you know exactly they, they they gave me the fundamentals of what it means to be a champion that's awesome man Chris, why Vegas? Before we get to Saturday night and what an amazing night it was, just why why Vegas? Why at that time in your life? Like, why was that the right way for you to go to get to this point? Literally, just like four years later is all it took for you to get to this moment. Man, so I um I, I really believe in signs and and things uh, in the universe lining up and and following my feelings. And when I was twenty. For my 20th birthday, actually, I, I chose to go to Vegas for my birthday. Weird, right? You go on your 20th birthday. Night, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess um, you managed yeah. to find a way or two to like have some fun anyway, just to get. Well, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> I does what I do because I does it. But uh, but I um, I came in for my birthday, and I remember just being in awe because my birthday is February 13th. So when I got on the plane, it was about 13 degrees. And when I landed in Vegas, it was about 75, 80 degrees. (laughs) So first of all, I never experienced that during my birthday. So I was thrown for a loop. And then um, it was just a great trip. And I remember I spoke to my dad. I called him. He didn't even know I went to Vegas for my birthday, I don't think. But I called him, and I was trying to explain to him how nice the view I was looking at was. And at the time, he was dealing with uh, his colon cancer, and I could hear the pain in his voice, you know, that he was hiding hiding back and pulling it back. But he was, he sounded real happy for me. And then um, a month later, when I, uh, I, I, was, I came home a couple days later, but a month later, he passed away. And I remember just it breaking me for sure. And the next day, like, I, I remember I was, I probably left the hospital that night around 1 in the morning, but by 8 in the morning, 9 in the morning, I was in the gym you know, working out, and I had on this shirt that a uh, kid had made it for me 
about my dreams and aspirations to be a wrestler. And I wore this shirt and I got this workout in and I remember looking at myself in the mirror and just re- thinking to myself how it was now or never. Wow. And it was becoming more now or never situation. And then uh, my dad's birthday and funeral was WrestleMania weekend that year. So I remember watching that on, t- on you know, pay-per-view and just thinking like, man, I really got to stop being a like a casual viewer and go do this stuff. So I think I, um, I, I, was, I was like, man, well, I want to look at these schools in Florida. I want to look at these schools over here. And I did a lot of research all over the country and emailed this school and that school and Ring of Honor school and whatnot. And everyone's just, the prices were just ridiculous. The school in Vegas didn't have prices listed, but I knew I had been to Vegas and I liked Vegas. So I called and um, I talked to the owner of the school, Joe DeFalco, school uh, FSW Future Stars of Wrestling. And he told me, you know, the lowdown, yeah, we got TJP down here. This is right before TJ did the Cruiserweight Classic. So we got TJP down here. We got this new guy that we uh, we built uh, and, uh, you know, he started training with us. He's going to be a huge star one day. His name's uh, Killer Cross. We got, you know, and I'm just like listening to all these people. His name, we got Kenny King training. We got D'Lo Brown. We got this. And I'm just like, oh, well, how many days a week? He's like, oh, the five days a week. And then we have, you know, um, uh, we have practice matches. We have uh, shows that we do for younger students to like showcase to get onto our bigger shows. And then we do casino shows. And I was like, man, how much is the tuition? And he told me, and I was like, oh well, that sounds great. I think I'll I'll see you in a couple months. And wow. you know, he gets that a lot. And you know, we hung up the phone. And I think a couple days later, I bought a one way ticket. And I remember like going to my mom's room and telling her like, yeah, so I'm moving. And she, I kept telling her, I'm, I'm going to move, I'm going to move, I'm going to move. So, you know, she kept taking it with a grain of salt. But this time I was serious. And when the day came, I hopped on the plane and uh, moved to Vegas, never looked back. And uh, here we are today. Wow. Wow. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> It's funny for for a long time with Vegas wrestling, it was you know Kenny Kenny King was re- was representing Vegas, but now as you said, there's there's Killer Cross, there's all of these guys. Uh, Hammerstone, I think, uh, came from Vegas or came from yeah. that scene at least. Just what what's going on there that's causing the spark? Honestly, man, it's, it's just uh, what FSW does for us is not only do we have great crowds over at FSW, but um, we have great connections too. So like when Impact would come to Las Vegas, they'd, you know, work with FSW and Ring of Honor comes to Las Vegas, they work with FSW. And even, you know, whenever WWE would come to town and do get, grab extra talent, a lot of the guys would be from FSW. So we just had a, have a lot of opportunity in Las Vegas. And then our facilities nice. Our trainers are all established from every single major company that pro wrestling has to offer, whether you want people, legends from WCW, active people from WWE, people on the Impact roster, people in the Impact creative run, people, you know, uh, Ring of Honor. We have people from everywhere. Um, so I just think that when you have all those type of different outlets and you have all that type of uh, different type of knowledge and uh, different directions and branches and connections, it just makes it the best environment. And then for smart people and hardworking people who know how to how to work hard and how to navigate and how to uh, manage themselves and promote themselves, when they see opportunity like that, they just know how to um, take take it and use it to its full potential. And I think that's where you get guys like Hammerstone, who you know lives in Arizona. But like you said, you you basically consider him a Vegas guy. We do too because he came out here every every month and 
you know, did his thing and put on for us and, and helped us grow to what we became. And everybody was on that same mentality. When I came around, I was just a new guy. And I was like, man, I want to get where Hammerstone's at. I want to get where Cross is at. I want to, oh, TJ's over here now. I want to get where TJ's at. Oh, that person's over there. I want to, I want to get all these places. I didn't want to be left behind. So it just made, you know, it's all, with all that inspiration around you, you either, you know, get inspired and you create and you become, or you just, you know, you, you don't, and I'm not one of the people who don't. He is Chris Bay. He is now the X Division champion. Of course, Impact Wrestling every Tuesday night at 8 on Access TV. Chris is with us here on Jobbing Out. Dude, you know, this journey, and, and you're you're a young man, right? Let's make that very clear. You're 24. you got yeah. a lot ahead of you. But to experience this now at not just not just that it was Slammiversary, and I know it's a little bit different because, you know, you're doing it in front of the empty crowds, but it's still Slammiversary that we're talking about. And particularly with right. all of the attention that was surrounding Slammiversary this year and all of the debuts that were happening at the same time, and, and for that moment to occur for you at that point, I, I'm sure you were probably thinking about your dad a little bit as you were going through all this, but can you just take me through what it's like to have that moment now at this point in your career? Man, it's, it's crazy because it really is, history you know like it's slammiversary and for me growing up i remember always being excited about slammiversaries i remember um you know uh tuning into slammiversary and and thinking about how it would feel to live that moment myself heck i remember a couple weeks back impact releasing on youtube a video that was uh every slammiversary championship win and as i was watching that video i remember thinking hmm, i won this title (laughs) <laughs> I go in this video, like I really get stamped into this video, and I was thinking, like, wow, okay, that's pretty crazy. And um, then even after the pay per view, you know, like I, I'm 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 a real person who likes to live in the moment. You know, I like to really live in the moment, and because if I get lost in what everything that's going on, it's just too much to go on. So I like to live in the moment and and try to do my best so i you know the anniversary, the match everything happens and even on the way home you know i'm posting something on uh or on the way back to the hotel i was posting something on facebook about you know all the champions who have held it i'm just trying to get a i, I wanted to look at a full list of everybody who's held the championship and i remember like googling it and then already seeing my name as the current champion i'm like holy heck like this is really like this is really real right now like i am really the exhibition champion i really just want this at Slammiversary, like, all these new people coming in, all the eyes that were on Impact, I see everybody tweeting, like, oh, yeah, this is my first time I actually watched Chris Bay, and, oh, he impressed, or this is my first time watching him, and I'm definitely going to tune in on Tuesday night at 8 on Access, cheap plug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, so, like, it's, but I try to take it in all moment by moment. You know, even before the match, I was getting, you know, getting a little emotional and teary I just think about, you know, my dad and what he would think about the whole scenario. And then I called my mom on FaceTime afterwards and showed her the championship. And, you know, she's just as proud. And it's cool, man. It's it's a part of history. And I think it's really, really bond on me now that not only am I a part of history forever, but I am a representation now for a lot of young kids who want to do the same thing. And I improve. I mean, you signed your contract, I guess it must have been days after your 24th birthday, five months ago. Would you have right. thought in a million years that five months later, like you knew you were going into the X Division, you were made for the X Division, but five months right. later you'd be a champion? 
No, man, I did. I had no clue. I I knew coming into Impact that I had a couple roles here, which we can run through together here. I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to have a major championship match at one of the major pay per views, which we just knocked out. I wanted to win the X Division Championship, which simultaneously was knocked out in that first goal, and then I also wanted to be the world champion. I had no clue that it was going to happen, you know, at the, the very next major pay per view. You know, we did Rebellion and uh, won the four way with the other yeah. three X Division competitors, and then, you know, building up and then the triple threat match. Where I didn't get pinned, of course. Ace Austin got pinned and, and really retained his championship. And while all this is happening, I'm just looking back and I'm like, man, wait, I ain't got pinned yet. Where's my championship match? <laughs> I need to see what's to that championship. And then when it gets announced, I'm like, okay, okay, now we're building up something. Now we're building up something. Once again, we'll see where it goes. All I did in preparation was work my hardest and go hard in the gym and go hard mentally and, and, and do what I could to prepare for that night. But then when the time came, and I'm like, man, it's, I had to count on my fingers after how long I've been here. I'm like, oh, six months. Jesus, it really just happened that quick. And <laughs> then I had to tell people. They tell me to slow down. They tell me to take my time. Well, I ain't taking my time. It's my time, so I'm taking it. As as you showed to Willie, like you did not mess around. You came right after him. Uh, you made that very yeah. clear. Chris, it's yeah. not just that it happened quickly. It's that it happened quickly in a really strange time in the world. And Aaron referenced like when you signed your deal – the world literally changed like a couple of days after you signed your deal. And, yeah. and, and there was reverbs for the entire like professional wrestling community. Were, were you at all nervous at that point? Like, did you have a moment where like, Oh my God, I picked the absolute worst time to sign a deal. Like I, I, I could end up, you know, n- not getting this opportunity. Were, were you fearful at all? Um, as you watched everything happening with the outbreak and the pandemic and, and maybe does it mean even more, but there's such belief in you that at a time where the rest of the wrestling world has been flipped upside down, you've been given, you know, a real massive push to sort of start this run. Yeah. yeah um, I was a little nervous at first, um, just, but more so nervous for everything in the world rather than sure. my spotting. Sure. You know, because wrestling is my life for sure, but um, we also have a life, and I needed to make sure that that is taken care of for me and for everyone around me and you know our fellow american it wasn't just about myself and and those type of scenarios you know a lot of a lot of my friends lost their jobs and uh, you know uh had a handful of friends who lost their lives so it was a real thing that just was very scary and and very intimidating um but for me it, it made me hustle and realize that there's a lot of other avenues in this world outside of wrestling that can be um work towards right now that will help provide security and longevity for my family and for our well-being uh, outside of this as far as me still being used and uh, getting this prominent spot and being at the forefront and getting the championship to be pushed like it's crazy because once again I'm like man I signed at the perfect time because we're one of three companies that are still providing content right now Mm. but also not everybody's able to travel right now not everybody's able to make it so the fact that i still have those type of luxuries coming from the city that i'm coming from and they're still allowing me to travel and i can still do this and i can still navigate here man it's it's just a blessing and i i i looked at it and the opportunity presented itself and i said yeah i'm gonna do it and 
as much of a risk that is. I'm glad I made the risk. I, I think life is all about taking risks, and I think I'm very blessed to be in this position more than anything. I just got to thank the man upstairs. I got to thank him for the opportunity and thank him for, for giving me this and letting me be this person at this time, you know? So what's it been like wrestling for the past few months? Obviously, you're a guy who does these phenomenal moves and is used to bringing the crowd to their feet. How's it been different? It's it's just, it's so different because they're not there, so you don't run off the adrenaline. You don't have them there to react to everything, you know. But it's tested our creativity, so I feel like you, you and you can probably attest to this as a viewer that, as you've watched over the last couple of months, you've seen a lot of people's weaknesses as, far, as well as you've seen a lot of people's strengths. And you've also seen a lot of talent develop, whether it be for the better or for worse. But people have really been forced to show their creative hand rather than um, pander to crowds in, in those you know cheap heat spots or you know things that are just so much easier when there's a fan base here. You know, for example. Um, uh, random pick Hulk Hogan, you know, puts his hand to his ear and the crowd goes wild where there's no crowd to go wild. So, you know, that's not going to work right yeah. now. Yeah. So that's just something else that gets the job done. And um, I think for me, I, I thrive in that because I'm from the Indies, bro. The crowd that I'm wrestling in front of right now without the TV viewership is the crowd I was wrestling <laughs> for for the first year and a half anyway. Yeah. So it's not new to me. I, I I trained um, for television when I started training to become a wrestler. So like I always trained as if there was cameras here or cameras there, or or as if I was performing for the viewer at home. So once this became the norm, I was like, oh well, I can do that. I know I can do that. That's not an issue. The hard part is not having the fans to drive through you with their energy because without their energy, everything hurts twenty times more. You know, rather than they already. 10 times it already hurts. It hurts so much more without people and without the adrenaline and without that instant gratification of, you know, like, like Slammiversary. I saw a video of someone filmed where they did like a, um, a watch party. And uh, when I won, everybody went nuts. And then they're all chanting my name. And I'm like, I got goosebumps watching it because I'm like, man, I have not felt that in months because when I won the title, all I heard was my music. All I heard was what y'all heard on, on the pay-per-view was my music and the ref and, uh, you know, Dave Pencer saying, and new X Division champion, yeah. other than that. I didn't hear no boos. I didn't hear no yays. I didn't hear my name. I just, I just heard that. So without the adrenaline, it makes it a lot harder. But we're all professional, and I think this is a great way to bring a lot of people out of their shells and show their creativity. Uh, Chris, before we let you go, and I, I know we ran long, and so apologies to everybody, but I, I have to ask. We've got a buddy. Uh, Aaron pointed out to me before the show that um, you have wrestled a friend of ours um, named Steve Miggs. Uh, Aaron, do you remember what, what, what the promotion was? Without a cause. Yeah, without a cause. Um, first of all, he's like, what, 110 pounds soaking wet. Um, I mean, like, he's not really a wrestler, right? Like, that that's embarrassing that they put you in the ring with him, correct? Yeah, oh, man, it was one of the uh, worst nights of my life. I'll tell you what, that's, that's an easy payday. That was about <laughs> six seconds of work, Steve Nunes was. 
That's awesome. I love that, man. Hey, uh, uh, Chris, obviously, you know, we want everybody to watch uh, Impact every Tuesday night, 8 o'clock on Axis. But what can we plug for you, social media-wise? Where can people be giving you a follow? So you can follow me on uh, social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Dashing Chris Bay. That's B-E-Y, not B-A-E, even though Bay is Bay. Yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on my YouTube if you type in Chris Bay. I upload all types of content on there from shoe collections to belt videos that people like to watch from back in the day to music. And you can find all my music on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Tidal, all that good stuff. If you just type in Chris Bay. And then you can also watch me, like we said, Tuesday nights, Tuesday nights on Access TV. And also we stream on Twitch at the same time. So if you don't have access and you can't get to that, I know you're tweeting at me that you don't have the link, so you got the internet. So go ahead, check us out on Twitch. <laughs> We're all over. Tuesdays are taking over the finesse divisions going to the top. And if you want to see what that means or what I'm trying to get at, you just got to tune in on Tuesdays. I love that. I love that. And wait, by the way, real quick, uh, uh, yay or nay, can we confirm that you were related to Weebay from The Wire? Is that true or not? Um, I plead the fifth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> dude chris this is great man we got so many people back here in this part of the world that are thrilled for you brother congratulations man thank you for taking the time for us this week hey, thank you for having me i appreciate you guys wow what a cool story man what a yeah. what a what a cool story that was that was great really enjoyed having chris bay on the show uh dc guy and uh awesome to see his success at a really young age and can't help but be a little moved by him talking about his dad man i can't uh yeah. i was uh and and trashing Migs went a long yeah, way. Yeah, wonderful, first. wonderful too. I am always behind that. Imagine you're Chris Bay. You're you're the hot shit, and you find out you got to wrestle Steve Migs. Come on, come on. All right, uh, Aaron. Quickly, uh, uh, obviously a lot went down in Slammiversary. I I heard from some people they thought that Slammiversary was, frankly, the better of the two wrestling pay per views this week. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that thing. I would. I don't know that I would disagree with it. And they started off, I mean, the best match on probably on either show was the very first match of Slammiversary. They did the open challenge with uh, the Rascals that everyone expected to be oh, the yeah. Good Brothers. Yeah. Instead, it was the Motor City Machine Guns, yeah, it was which cool. I'm all about because the Motor City Machine Guns are awesome. And they Motor City Machine Guns won. And then they won the, the tag titles. They beat the North uh, on Impact. So awesome to see those guys back. Obviously, you had the surprise, the, the Good Brothers. You had Eric Young. Heath Slater showed up. Uh, you had Rich Swan make his return, and EC3 is there doing something we don't know what. So you had you know all those basically everybody. Oh yeah, and um, Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins showed up on Impact as well. Uh, I will say, go watch the Jordan. If you didn't watch, go watch the Jordan Grace Diana Peraza match because that was awesome. That was an awesome, awesome. I mean, match. I don't think we got to see enough of Diana Peraza. She's good, man. Like she's really good. Oh, she was. What, what, and those what two happened were, with her on NXT? Why didn't they use her? Just a big whiff. Yeah, it was. Just, I mean, according to her, she did. I mean, obviously, you have to take anything of these sort of uh, interviews with a grain of salt. But she was just like, they, you know, just didn't want to use me. It was, you know, we couldn't find the right match. It was, you know, I would try to do one thing, and they'd say, no, we want to do something else. I'd do that something else. They say, no, do this, and it just wasn't a fit for whatever reason. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. Um, and Eddie Edwards is the new Impact yes, champion, which yes. a little surprising, I'd say, based on the people. Obviously, you had Rich Swan return. Ace Austin was kind of the up-and-comer. Um, Trey was the under, and then Eric Young also returned. So Eddie winning was surprising, but he's he's a steady, you know, 
he's the guy. He's been around forever. You can always count on him. So can't really hate on it. Very good. Very good. All right. Anybody want to plug anything? Nothing to plug. That's what I figured. Nope. Oh, uh, Brandon, what do you think about these concerts they're doing in Philly? Like, is it like? So real quick, it's it, they're not they're not viable like for the long term financially, but they're something, I guess, for now. We're not going to do anything like that. But yeah, um, Live Nation is doing a series in Philly and a couple other random markets are doing um, like in, indie promoters are doing these where they're setting up either existing drive through concerts or, or sorry concerts at existing drive through theaters or like makeshift drive through yeah. or drive in theaters which is like the one at citizens i think it's citizens bank park in philly yeah or where the phillies play yeah. so they partnered with the phillies whatever they're doing a bunch of shows i'll probably go check one out just as like you know market research type thing right um i was talking to someone yesterday about it but uh don't expect that to be the norm. Okay. You All know, right. It's it's just there's not a lot of money to be made. It's really hard logistically well, it's, and it's, yada, yada, yada. It's tough to justify on either end, right? Like, in order to justify the ticket price, you got to have four people in a car. Well, how many of us really have four people that all want to go to the same concert right now that, that like, you feel comfortable sitting with in a car with? Exactly right. COVID-19 or whatever right. to put in your car. Exactly right. That's a tough sell. All right, at Brandon Linton, at The A Oster, at Glenn Clark Radio and glennclarkradio.com, and of course at AJ Francis 410. For Brandon, for Aaron, and for the main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis, I am Glenn Clark. This is Ben jobbing out. Mm, jobbing out.